I thank God for giving me this opportunity once more to stand before you to proclaim what does set the Lord. I'm a firm believer in the undiluted word of God. And I truly believe that God has challenged me this morning to deliver a word to his people. It's challenging. Yes, it is. It will be. And sometime I wonder, Lord, can I do this? And the Lord said, it's not you, but it's I. Thus said the Lord. And as one who is not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, I seek to be obedient to his word. So our text this morning is going to be taken from the book of Luke. I know we have been talking about the book of Luke. Pastor, I've been preaching from that and a lot of message coming out there from that portion of scripture. But I believe that the Lord, without any doubt or uncertainty, has given me a word and I cannot say no. I must declare it. If I don't, I'll suffer the consequences. Luke chapter 15. And we'll be reading from verses 11 through 32. It's a well-known passage of scripture that we all know and we heard of and we study. I've learned about it from a, a kid. But somehow, when the Lord laid this on my heart, I said, man... It doesn't matter how many times you read the word of God. If you keep reading it often, you're always learning something new. And what I learned new, being taught by the Holy Spirit of God, is what I'll deliver to you today. And I'll be reading from Luke 15, starting at verse 11. The story of the prodigal son. And he said, a certain man had two sons. The younger of them said unto his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me, and he divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country, and there he wasted his substance in riotous living. Riotous living, briefly, is characterized by a wild and uncontrolled behavior. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in the land, and he began to be in want. You know, this portion reminds me of Ruth and Naomi and Boaz, and when Ruth's husband take him away from the house of bread, and they went into a land, and uh, her husband, Naomi's husband died, the sons died, and their wives was left, and they had to return home. After suffering there. Verse 15 said. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country. And he sent him into his fields to feed swine. Or the pig. And when he would faint. Has filled his belly with the hocks. That the swine did eat. And no man gave him. And when he came to himself. He said. How many hired servants of my fathers. Have bread enough to spear. And I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. And I am no more worthy to be called thy son. 
Make me one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was a great way off, his father saw him, had compassion. His father saw him, had compassion, and ran, fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and I am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servant, Bring forth the best robe. Remember that word, robe. And put it on him. And bring a ring. Remember the robe, ring on his hand. And shoes on his feet. And here verse 23 said, And bring hither the fatted calf and kill it. And let us eat and make merry. For this is my son who was dead and is alive again. And he was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. And his elder son was in the field. And as he came and drew nigh to the house, he heard the music and dancing. And he called one of his servants and asked him what these things meant. And he said unto him, Thy brother is come. Thy father had killed the fatted calf because he had received him safe and sound. And his son was angry and would not go in. Therefore came his father out and entreated him. And answering his father and said, Lord, these many years do I serve with thee, neither transgressed I at any time thy commandment. And yet thou never gavest me a kid that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as his son was come, which had devoured thy living and with harlots, hast thou killed him a fatted calf. Verse 31. And he said unto him, Son, thou art ever with me, and all that I have is thine. It was meet that we should make merry and be glad, for this is thy brother who was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word this morning. I ask you, Father, to take away from me self and selfishness and cause me to decrease that you may increase that you may speak to me first and then speak to your people what thus said the Lord the topic of my sermon today is brethren and friends is salvation versus the pig pen salvation versus the pig pen and I trust that at the end of this sermon today every one of us will be able to make a decision whether we are going to be in the salvation that only Jesus Christ give or are we going to be sliding towards the pig pen or stay in the pig pen when I read this story and when the Lord laid upon my heart I said I never see it this way. This got to be the Holy Spirit. I just think of a simple and take it literally story of a rebellious son that just decided to go away. I teach this lesson to my sons all the while and remember them. But what I'm about to share with you is something new that the Lord has laid upon my heart when I sought him for a word for this morning. And brethren, believe me, it blows my mind. And I said, this got to be God. 
deeper. Jesus was telling and revealing to me in my message today a deeper spiritual meaning of this parable of the prodigal son. How can we relate it to our lives? What is the spirituality in this? How can we relate it to salvation? And as I pondered and listened to the voice of God, it showed me one thing. Jesus did not address the prodigal son as a pig. He talked about the prodigal son ending up in the pig pen. You see, folks, I know a lot about pig pen because I raised a lot of pigs with my mother back home in Jamaica. I know what the pig pen is like. I know the muck and the mess. I wouldn't like to describe to you what is in that pig pen. But I can tell you, not only the stench. And sometimes I wonder how I still love the pork so much. But I love the pork and I eat the pork. But I don't eat the hucks that the, pork, the pig eats and left. I, I get very close to it, to be honest. Because you see, back home, we have a pig pen. And when it's, we call it here, avocado time. You see the pigs there? When, we, when, when it's avocado time back home, it, those are clean pens. But when we see it's pear time, we call it back home, avocado. There's an avocado tall tree tied and around it, we always build a pig pen. So when the pear falls from the tree, the pig will eat it. And believe you me, they do. But sometimes in the morning I have to travel maybe two miles with a zinc pan of food on my head with boiled corn and skins and everything. We didn't have the luxury of going to the farm store and buy grains. And then when we go there in the morning, we see in the pig pen some lovely avocado pears. And, and sometimes they are so brittle. Beautiful, and we know it's dry and nice. And if the pig is coming, we just slash the pig mouth away and pick up that avocado. And it's delicious. I know a lot about pig pens. Some of the things I would hate to upset your stomach this morning by telling you about the pig pen. Anything you toss into a pig pen, the pig pen will eat it. Whatever the pig pen refuse shouldn't be edible for any human being. But this son ended up in the pig pen and was eating what the pig refused. This son had a good life. He had wealth. His fathers had many servants. He mentioned that there was food enough at his father's home that they could eat and live. Everything was there, but he made a decision to walk away from that. He had it made folks. He had everything. But he never learned to appreciate. The goodness. Of his father. And what his father has. Like some of us. Still don't appreciate. And be thankful. For the free gift of God's salvation. That's where the, 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 the comparison begins. But he was carried away with the pleasures of this world. He went to his father and said, give me my inheritance. That's his money. 
But he want to test out the world like some young folks today, young people today. They want to see what's going out on in the world. They want to be a part of everything that exists. They see it on the internet. They see all the fun and the pleasure. Many will grow up in the house of God, in Sunday school and everything. But they walk away when they get out into the world. They don't remember the house of God anymore. And like the prodigal son, they would walk away. This young man spent all his money to buy his own happiness. But did it last? No. He had the pleasure. I don't know the type of righteous living they had those days. But today I can think of the gambling. I can think of the party nights. I can think of the drugs. I can think of the alcohol. I can think of the immorality, immoral sex um, uh, activities. I can think of the, the fornication, the adultery, the, the gambling. All those things that they'll walk away to go in to enjoy. Because those are the pleasures for them of this world. Unlike Moses who said, I'd rather suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. But something happened. Some believers today still leave the house of bread because they want something better. Some folks go to church praying that they'll get rich. And when they get rich, you don't see them in the church anymore. They're gone to the pleasures of this world. Some go to church to find a husband or a wife. And when they get married, they don't care who they're married to. Whoever will pick them up and they're gone because they're married and they're cool now. And somebody had something to offer them. They don't remember the house of God anymore. This young man took all that he has left a beautiful home and went to the world into the world to, in riotous living the problem was not wealth of course because the money was his own inheritance it is rebellion it is a selfless sin it begins with the word I want and ends with the word now he wanted now because I must go now but the story teaches us a simple and powerful truth, friends. That no matter how far we have gone, we can come back home. As believers, no matter how far we walk away from the blessed salvation that Jesus Christ gives, we can come back home. There is a Father with compassion waiting for us. If you don't know him, you can come back to him. But what he, what he lost can be found. What is trash can be restored. The wild young man made some critical errors in his thinking. Because of the lack of knowledge matched only by arrogance and assurance. He made a decision because he thinks there is something better out there. You know, sad to say, back home in Jamaica I've learned of a lot of folks... They want to go to America. Their only dream in their head is go to America because they think they can pick up money on the street. They go because everything is free. They want to get everything because America has it all. 
And when they come to America, they're looking for the picking up, but they don't find it. And now they don't want to work and they become a problem to society. And it helps, it, 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 it affects every individual with that thought. While we are blessed with what we have, stay with it. While we give our lives to Jesus Christ, stay with Jesus Christ. Don't think that there is better out there. Somebody said the reason why we think the grass in Texas is so green is because we will not water our own lawn. And that is important for us to understand. We got to take care of what we have. We got to be thankful and appreciate what we have because when we think that better is outside, it's just a matter of lies. When we think of the relationship outside is going to be better. The fellowship outside is going to be better. It's just a matter of lies. We got to learn to wait upon the Lord. For some odd, some odd reasons, this young man will not wait. He will not stay home. He want to go out into the world and wasted his life in righteous living. Because you see, the heart of rebellion is distrust. You see, the serpent slide away to Adam and Eve. He beguiled and deceived Adam and Eve because they think that God had lied to them. They did not trust God. And so Eve made a wrong decision, followed by Adam, another wrong decision, and plunged us all into sin because they did not trust God. When we trust God, we obey God. When we trust God, we love God. When we trust God, we follow God. Jesus Christ is explaining in this parable that don't go to the pig pen. The only thing there in the pig pen is garbage. Stay away from the pig pen. Stay in the house of God. Naomi's husband took their family away to a far land just like that because there was famine in Jerusalem. Imagine, Jerusalem means the house of bread. But there was a famine. But he took them, said they are going to work into a far, foreign land. There he lost his two sons. Only his wife and the two daughters left. And then comes famine in the land that they were. And they got to come back home to Jerusalem. And when the story is told that when Naomi reached the borders of her home and the brethren ran out to meet her to welcome home and said, welcome Naomi. She said, call me not Naomi, but call me Mara because the Lord had dealt bitterly with me. But you know something? In situation where we suffer, God always bring good out of the bad if we trust him. Because Naomi brought home Ruth. And as a result of bringing home Ruth who married Boaz, Ruth became the lineage through which Jesus Christ, the son of God, came. So God can turn what seems to harm into everlasting joy. What the devil saints meant evil for us, God meant it for good. Don't be discouraged when bad things is happening to us. Just try to learn from it. It is hard to be young. Because young folks don't have a lot of experience. 
And young people rebel for one simple reason. They think they have been cheating or cheated out of something in life. When we give them instructions, they don't want to hear most of it because they see things on the television on the big screen. They hear, they find it on the, the apps on the phone and they are enticed by those things rather than being sticking to the word of God. But the Bible said, if sinners entice thee, consent not. We need to be stern. We need to be strong. And all of us, every one of us inside here today, including myself, have sometime slipped from our walking with God. Maybe a simple one. Because you see, we are all born in sin and we are all shaped in iniquity. Because we are saved and we are sanctified by Jesus Christ, it doesn't mean we cannot sin. But when the rubber hits the road and hit it hard, we need to return home. Because there's a place for us to a compassion savior. This young man, it is said that wealth can be seductive. Because a lot of people today want to win the lotto. They don't want to lose their social security. They don't want to lose their home. All they think about today is what am I going to do if this election turns sour or sounds sweet? What am I going to do? They worry about that. But wealth, there's nothing wrong with money. The Bible said in Timothy that the love of money is the root of all evil. He did say money. Money can be good and it can be bad. Money can, re- can make bricks to build a citadel. And a beautiful home. But it can also use to buy a hammer to hit us on the head. So it depends on where you look at it. It can be good and it can be evil. So we have to realize what we think. A lot of people refuse to remember or won't remember the lessons of life. Some think that the stock market can only go up. But it never go down. But this wild young man took three critical steps in his behavior. Listen to this. He looked at his situation with critical honesty. From a wild living to starvation was shock to his system. That which was sweet in his mouth turns to a bile in his throat. That which is light on his tongue sits heavy on his stomach. The young man saw with a brutal clarity how badly he had blundered in life. He took him a while to hit rock bottom. But when he hit it, he hit it very hard. For some people it comes hard. For some it never comes. For some people it will never admit. Because some people will never admit the emptiness of their selfish lives. If only we would do that. But he determined a course of action. And listen to his course of action. The Lord is teaching us in this story. He remembered how good the hired men had it at home. He remembered the tired starvation, satisfaction and the end of a hard day's work. He remembered the good solid sleep, the bone weary and dog tired farmhands. He remembered how much he had to eat and how much they ate. So he decided that he could go home. To beg forgiveness and to ask for a job. He came To see the change in this young man in what he decided to ask for. He doesn't decide to go back to ask for his old room or his old shelter or his old pillar or his old bed. He decides to go back to beg for a job. 
he'd see a change in the attitude that lies beneath a change in his direction. He wanted, he recognized his mistakes. How often we have made decisions, maybe with our kids, maybe with ourselves, and we have realized we have made the wrong decision. But we don't keep making that same mistake. We learn from it, and we go back and we make the right decision. Because we are not perfect people. There may be some perfect Christians in here, but I'd love to meet them. But none of us is perfect. We all have flaws. We all have weaknesses. We all have failures. We all slide back sometimes. We all say things that we should not have said. Do things that we should not have do, done. We all do it. Somebody might say, well, Brother Lynn, speak for yourself. Well, I'm not just speaking for myself. I'm speaking for every one of us that is here. Because none of us is perfect. Only God is perfect. We are all sinners. But you know, this young man decided to make a change in his direction. What change did he make? You see, the word is called repentance. He decided to repent. Professor Bob Hayegrove once said that repentance is a change in attitude that leads to a change in living. A change in attitude always leads to a change in living. The result of sin, rebellion and distrust, the loss of life, the sickness of the soul weighs down very buoyant thought, the sadness that fills a person's heart and extinguishes the joy in their eyes when we fail when we hit, hit rock bottom when we are struggling it doesn't mean that we have to commit any sin but we can get frustrated at times at, 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 at life where it is we can become tired we can become frustrated I was sharing with the the, 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 the brethren at Sunday school this morning that you know a couple of weeks ago my son called me and said dad I, I, I can't take this anymore I am tired. He said, Dad, it's like I don't have any friends. I don't have anybody to talk to. Please pray for me. And as he started pouring out his tears, then my tears started tumbling down. I, I, for a moment, I didn't know what to say to him because my son needed some help. He needed compassion. And so all I could do is cry with him. And then I prayed with him. And said, son, God loves you. He cares for you. God is our father. But the Bible said, he is our friend. I am your father and I am your friend. So you can talk to me about anything. Then he started to pour his heart out. And we prayed. And we ended in a wonderful prayer and promise of hope. Within 12 hours, he texts me back. He said, Dad, thank you. I feel much better now. I've decided just to take one day at a time. One day at a time. And I felt so relief. Because I had planned that this afternoon after the service, I'll be in Tallahassee to spend a day or two with him. But he has been restored to trust God for his faith. There is no joy in the pig pen. No matter how many pods there are. Pig pen came in different shapes my friend. 
And I want to tell us this morning some of the things that you can find in a pig pen. Some have, may have three cars and a brand new countertops in our kitchen. Some of us may vomit in the corner of our bathroom. Some have leather seats and little windshield wipers on our headlights. Some are small, some apartments favor or full with furniture that left over from a past divorce. But they all smell the same. They are all the same. When you are away from home, you are just away from home. You are like being in a pig pen. This son was saved to a place called home. There he received a ring. Oh, hallelujah. Repented honor and love. A calf was killed repenting sacrifice for him. And a robe was placed on him representing righteousness. You see, there is nothing like coming home. It is not the place. It is not the people. It is not just as people. It's a savior who gives salvation freely when we come home to him. Nothing like coming home to Jesus. The songwriter said, come home. He who are weary, come home. Where is home? Home is not in the pig pen. And what does this have to do with salvation? What do we find in the pig pen? In the pig pen we find hatred, cursing, malice, lies, hypocrisy, deception, sexual immorality, gambling, stealing, abuse, lies. These are things that we find in a pig pen. And there's a lot more that we can find there. Jesus is our heavenly father who gave us salvation freely. Salvation implies, but first we have to say, what is salvation? And some people, some of us I believe, don't understand what salvation is. It's greater than the house of this prodigal son. Salvation is a spiritual home. Salvation is deliverance. Salvation is safety. Salvation is preservation, healing, and soundness. It is the great inclusive word of the gospel. Salvation in itself is the redemptive act and process of justification, redemption, grace, propitiation, imputation, forgiveness, sanctification, and glorification. All these are embedded in the salvation of Jesus Christ. These are some of the many and most important gifts that salvation brings, saints. And what the writer said to the, in the book of Hebrews, he asked this question, how can we escape if we neglect such great salvation, which at the first begun to be spoken of by the Lord, was confirmed unto us by them that heard it? We have to understand. Before we make a decision in our life to make a step. I have learned this many ways and I have learned it the hard way. Before we make a step to make any decisions in our life. We have to examine. Do I possess God's salvation? Who am I in the body of Jesus Christ? Does he still love me? Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Doesn't his rod and staff still give me comfort? 
Isn't he my great savior? Isn't he my everlasting father? Isn't he my, 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 my fortress, my mighty fortress? Am I not a child of the king? It doesn't matter what people say who I am. Is God say who you are? It doesn't matter what people think of you. Whether you talk to them about walking in the pathway of righteousness and truth. We have a job to warn them. Because the word of God said, if the watchman warned them not, they will perish. And the blood will I require at the watchman's hand. But if the watchman warned them, they shall not perish. And if they perish, the watchman will be secured. We are the watchmen. We are the watchmen for one another. We are to be our brother's keeper. We are part of the family of God. We ought to be united in love and obedience and trust in the ever-living God. What are we doing with our salvation? Are we just coming to church and sit there and leave? What are we doing with this free salvation? We cannot earn it. Nobody cannot earn it. Are we walking in the light of God's salvation? Or we only have salvation on Sundays, but nothing on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. You know, one of the things I admire about this church, and I commend the leaders who are all involved, and I can't think but commend the activity and the effort that our sister Lisa has put in to seek souls for God's kingdom and to encourage believers. I commend her for that. Because you see, this church has enough activities that can keep all of us occupied in the things of God. From the women's ministry, the men's ministry, young people, so many activities. That it doesn't matter where you work or how you work. The question was asked by a sister in Sunday school this morning. Why some people who profess that they are Christians and they got saved they are just not effective they have no zeal they are not doing anything they are not involved because you see they stay away from church they stay away from church they don't come to Wednesday evening Bible study they believe that they can stay at home and teach themselves from the word of God but didn't the Bible said, how can they learn without a teacher? And how can they teach unless we are sent? We need each other. Iron sharpened iron. We none of us know it all. We don't go about to read other books and take other op-eds to criticize and condemn other preachers, ministers, and, 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 and the people of God. No, we love one another. Not just talk about love, but show love. Demonstrate love, profess love, speak about love. I don't want to hear about any negativity of my brothers and sisters. I want how we can draw them closer to ourselves to be a fully devoted follower of Jesus Christ. Salvation, as I read, there are three tenses of salvation. The Christian has been saved from the guilt and penalty of sin. That's the first step of salvation. 
For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishly, but unto us which are saved is the power of God. Paul speaking to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, 18. The second tense is that Christian is being saved from the habit and dominion of sin. Romans six fourteen for sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. What then shall we say? Shall we sin because we are not under the law? But on the grace, God forbid, knowing not that to whom he yield yourself servants to obey, his servants you are, to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death, or of obedience unto righteousness. The third tense is, Christians will be saved at the Lord's return from the bodily infirmities that are the result of sin and God's curse upon a sinful world. So also in the resurrection of the dead. It is sown in corruption. It is raised in, in, in corruption. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. These are the benefits of the salvation. And we do not have to work for it. And we cannot work for it. If only we surrender and submit ourselves to Jesus Christ and said, Lord, fill me with all the characteristics of your salvation. And let me rise above the fray. Let me rise above the pig pen. I will not go to the pig pen, Lord. I will stay with your salvation. Christians, some, it it is sad to see that some claim to be Christian still perish in the pig pen in lifestyle of this world. And what do I mean by that? What are some of the things that the pig pen carries? And I don't want to just use my words. I want to use the word of God that you can understand it because you see it's living and it's powerful. First Corinthians five eight said, Therefore let us keep the feast. Not with old leaven, neither with the the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the leaven of unleavened bread, with sincerity and truth. That's the word of God. Paul speaking to the Corinthians in verse 14 to 20. Brethren, be not children in understanding. Howbeit ye be malice, ye be children, but in understanding be men. Ephesians 4.31 said, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and glamour and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Colossians 3.8 But now we also put off all these anger, wrath, malice, malice, blasphemy, filthy communications out of your mouth. Titus 3.3 For we ourselves also are sometimes foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving divers, lust, and pleasures, living in malice and envying, hateful and hating one another. First Peter 2 verse 1. Wherefore, lying aside all malice, all guile, and all hypocrisies, and envies, and evil speaking. Those are some of the few they made too much for you. These are the characteristics that has no place in the church of God among believers. And if there is anyone under the sound of my voice today, my friends, that may be slipping away in the pig pen of this world, or is already dear, or need to return home to our risen Lord and Savior, the altar of salvation, you, 
you, like I believe most of us, can receive that ring of honor from the Lord Jesus Christ. That ring of respect and love from Jesus Christ. You can receive the power cleansing blood of Jesus Christ as the Lamb of God which was slain from the foundation of the earth. Just like the prodigal son, he received a calf representing the blood of Jesus Christ. He received the ring which representing honor, being justified by faith in Jesus Christ. He received a robe representing the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Because the Bible said, we are the righteousness as believers of God in Christ Jesus. Salvation, who gives freely by Jesus Christ. You can receive all those honors, a fresh washing in his blood. In the pig pen of this world, as I'm coming down to wrap up and to close, I want us to understand. I spoke earlier about the pig pen. I spoke earlier about what's in the pig pen, the mess. These pigs that we saw a while ago are looking clean. And they're looking white. But the pigs that I used to, to raise, they, 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 they are multicolored. Black, white, and brown. But the meat tastes the same. It was good. We used to take, you know, the, what do you call it here? The chinglings or the, the intestine. Clean it out. Turn it on the inside out. Put it over what we call a crank crank over the open fire. And we stayed there until it smoked and crisp. And um, <laughs> when, it's, when it's ready, we use it. We fry it crispy, nice, with some fresh color, low and green bananas. But sometimes we almost get punished for it. But my half-sister and I find a way <laughs> to steal the, 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 the tripe from over the top you know and every time we cut a piece and put it in the fire to roast it smell over the whole house and our parents know that we are we are, we are stealing the tribe and so we'll be punished but because of the punishment we say okay that's what you think we have another way we get some of the same wires, the chick wires, and we tie one end and we tie the other end so the oil won't drain out on the coal and we roast it. But we were too greedy because when our parents go there, there's a spare trash left up there because we never look what's left. We roast it all off. That's some of the things that you can get from the pig. Every part of the meat of the pig is good. But what the pig passed out or refused is no good. We are in a world that filled with sin and filth and every kind of iniquity that lies around us. And God wants to get us out of it. But we have to make that decision. We can't be partial in just saying we baptized and go a part of it. We have to get all of it saints, all of salvation. Jesus Christ gives it freely. And maybe we don't understand what are some of the things that this world 
dealt on us. What are some of the things that we suffer in this world? I named some of them before and I might name them again. The pig pen of this world, we find malice, wickedness, bitterness, wrath, anger, blaspheme, filthy communication, lust and pleasure, shocking up with unbelievers, fornication, adultery, stealing, lies, the use and selling of illegal drugs, deception, bitterness from the past hurts caused by verbal or physical or sexual abuse. Some folks will listen to godly advice and resist the temptation and they slide towards the pig pen while others will fail to take heed and make the pig pen their home as they live a life of lies and deception on, until destruction sets in, leaving them homeless. Many believers today, I've heard them, I've heard, I've read about them. They are spiritually crippled because of the hurt and the scars left by an abusive husband or an abusive wife. An abusive father, mother or child. Abused or betrayed by a friend we once considered faithful. These are scars that may follow us to the grave. But I am here to tell you today that those cars won't follow you in heaven, saints of God. You may be hurt in the past. You may be let down in the past. You may be abused as a young girl or a young boy in your life. You may have been mistreated by a brother or a sister. And you are still hurting when you think of them. The hurt won't necessarily go away. Jesus Christ will heal those wounds if we trust him. But while we bore the pain and the toil and to go through it, sometimes you might think of a, a brother or a sister and I wish it wasn't so. But you remember the hurt and the scars that is left by some action. The scars may not go away. It may follow you. But I assured you by the power of the living God, it will not follow you to heaven. Those cars will not follow you to glory. In, you will, in heaven, we would come to yourselves and turn into repentance. If we will repent and change your attitude and forgive those who have hurt us or caused us harm. If we can surrender ourselves to Christ and say, Lord, like Nehemiah, who we knew not of doing anything wrong. Or Daniel, who we knew do nothing wrong. When they go to God, he said, I and my father's house have sinned. All of us here, including myself, we have sinned against God. Oftentimes we have left undone the things we ought not to have done. And we have done the things that we should have done or vice versa. I want to encourage us this morning. I speak of a crusade coming up next year. I believe that God wants to bring a revival to Marion Oaks. But in order for that revival to come, it's got to start in our own hearts first. It's got to start with a heart of repentance, of going back to God and leave off the, 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 the pig pen attitude and lifestyle. It may be one thing, it may be just a, it may be just a, a malice, it may be just a, a sad memory. It may be just a scar that is left in our life. But those cars will not go with us to heaven. I love the song that was, was written and, um, by, by um, John Hall and Matthew West. Sung by the Casting Crowns. 
one of the chorus said, the only scars in heaven, they won't belong to me and you. There'll be no such thing as broken, and all the old will be made new. And the, and the thought that makes us smile now, even with the tears, for when the tears fall, is that the only scars in heaven are the ones that hold you now. A favorite course back home used to be, I shall know Jesus. Yes, I shall know Jesus. I shall not know him because of the scars that I have received in this life. But I shall know him by the prince of the nails in his hand. That is the hand that wants to hold you now. That is the hand that wants to secure you now. That is the hand that wants to cover you now, saints of God. You may be saved for many years, but there may be scars in your life. I have scars in my life, too much to mention. But then again, those scars will not follow me to heaven because I'm a child of God. It's not what the scars say about me. It's what Jesus say about me. Because I'm covered by the blood of the Most High God. Most of you in here now are born again believers in Jesus Christ. And I commend you. But are you sliding towards the pig pen? Are there hurt and pain you are going to? Are there sadness in your heart? Are you hurt by a family member or a friend? Are you hurt by an ex-husband or ex-wife? Or a abandoned child? Whatever it is. Jesus said, cast your care upon me. Because I care for you. If you are here and you have never surrendered your heart to Jesus Christ. Now is the hour of decision. For you to understand what I'm talking about in comparing salvation to the pig pen. Don't tell me that you love. Don't tell me that you go to church. Don't tell me it's okay. Jesus Christ said he must be born again. And if you are here today. Don't let pride stop you. If you have never made a decision in your life and a commitment to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to indicate that now by holding up your hand. I'm not going to ask you to come with me to the altar. I'll come and walk with you. Please make that decision to follow Jesus Christ if you are not saved. Don't harden your heart. Don't turn him away. He's knocking at your heart's door. He said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hear my voice, I will come in and I will sup with him and he with me. Please, I urge you, I beseech you, give your life to Jesus Christ today. Don't stay away. Don't turn your back on him. He loves you with an everlasting love. With his loving kindness. He wants to draw you on himself. He wants to give you the free gift of salvation. Because he said he that cometh unto me. I will in no wise cast out. I might touch on something that affects some of you in this body of believers today. Something I might have said. That might touch your heart. Because I know the spirit of God is in this place. And I know the word of God will not return unto him void. But if I said something in this message that reaches out to you. I'm not going to ask you to stand up individually and come. 
Like I said, we need a revival in our hearts. We need to, to let go and let God. We need to surrender it all. And I'm asking every one of us to do it now. Will you stand with me, please? Will you stand with me, all of you, if you can stand? If you can't stand, sit. Stand with me. Stand with me before Jesus Christ. He loves you. Some of you may not feel like coming out here because you are scared or fearful of being identified. So this is what I'm going to ask you to do, church. Let us unite our hearts together. You have to step out from your seat to go through the door. You have to step out from your seat to greet somebody. But I'm going to ask you right now, every one of us, join me at the altar this morning. Step out from your seat and join me at the altar. Let us surrender ourselves to God one more time as believers in Jesus Christ. Come, saints. I'm asking you. Come. 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 Let's surrender to Jesus Christ. Let us surrender to Jesus Christ this morning. All of us, church. We need a little more of God. We need a little more of Jesus Christ. We need Him. Come. Just hold someone hand beside you. You don't have to know that person. Just hold the hand to the next person beside you. Come up closer than others can come in. Yes, come. Jesus said, come. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. Come on, elders. Come here and surround these, these faithful brethren uh, with your love. Yes, let's do it. We surrender it to Jesus Christ. God knows our heartaches. God knows our pain. Let us pour it out to Jesus. Thank you. God is good. God is faithful. You are not responding to me. You are responding to Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit is asking you to surrender. Let's pour it out. Let's let go and let God. Let us pour out our hearts before him at the altar this morning. Let all bitterness, let all anger, let all doubts, let all fear run out and let Jesus Christ come into our life. We need him. We all need him. And I thank you for your response. I thank you for coming to the altar this morning. Yes, thank you. Hallelujah. God, you are still God. God, you are still faithful. God, I beseech you this morning, Holy Father. Oh God, I thank you this morning. I thank you for your word. I thank you, Holy Father. I lift my hearts to you in adoration and praise. I thank you for your people. Lord, we have sinned against heaven and in thy sight. I ask you, God, to forgive us. I ask you to cleanse us, oh God. Search us and know our hearts. Try us and know our thoughts. And if there's anything in us, oh God, that is unholy, cleanse us and lead us into the path everlasting. Jesus, we love you this morning. It's our heart. It's our desire to serve you. It's our desire to be faithful to you, God. Heal us where it hurts most. Look at our needs, God. Whether it's sickness, whether it's pain, whether it's scars, whether it's distrust, God. Please, I beseech you by the mercies of God. We are presenting our body to God this morning, saints, as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is our reasonable service. Thank you, Lord, for hearing us this morning. Thank you, God, for your love. Thank you for your mercy. Oh, hallelujah. I'll just ask you to close. Thank you, Lord.
service this morning we thank you for this time of surrenderance we thank you for this time of prayer we thank you for this time of worship but most of all we thank you for this time of the word we pray that the word would not fall on deaf ears this morning we pray that the word will go with us in our hearts and that we will be able to apply it to our lives father god give us the grace to carry on give us the wisdom to carry on father god we ask that you would just be god in our life in each and every situation may that we pray that as we leave here but not your presence lord that you will go before us and you will place a hedge of protection around us above us beneath us and all around we thank you and we praise you and in jesus name we all say amen and amen i pray blessings over you this morning go in peace thank you in jesus name amen I also want to remind you that we have entomins and goods in the kitchen, so please make sure you stop there before you leave here today. God bless.